I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In a world where very few people embrace their global identity and seek to understand their neighbors, cross-cultural expert Tayo Roxon is on a mission to bridge this divide. Each week, he'll open your mind with insights from some of the global minds in the world. Get ready, take some notes, and learn how to be the best you that you can be. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's episode is with Stefan Pretty. He's a pretty man, fellas. And <laughs> he's an internet tech entrepreneur from Scotland with specialties in strategy, online and inbound marketing, but he's also the founder of Subly. We're definitely talking about a lot of what it takes to be bootstrapping, where ideas come from and how that relates to execution and what the subscription business is at large. I'm also going to dive into some of his cultural stories as he's a Scotsman living Mm -hmm. in in the West Coast. Welcome to the show, Stefan. Thanks very much, Ty. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is mine. You know, one of my favorite um, uh, authors is J.K. Rowling, and she writes a lot in Scotland. So I, I, I've always wanted to go to that place that she says she writes. I think it's in the Edinburgh. Elephant Cafe. Oh, is, is it uh, Elephant Cafe? That's what it is. Yeah, I think it's called the Elephant Cafe, where she actually wrote the the first book. Um, it's in Edinburgh, and I've actually been there a couple of times. It's a really great little spot. Great food. Um, uh, they even sell haggis, which is awesome. And uh, speaking of haggis, nobody probably knows what that is, but it's an awesome dish from Scotland. And I've actually got, we're doing this Friendsgiving that's coming up uh, instead of Thanksgiving because I'm out here in the West Coast, as you just said. <laughs> and uh, we're meant to bring our own national dishes. And I'm bringing haggis if I can find it. And that's going to be an absolute mission trying to find that in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. And yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to find a sheep myself and figure it out. <laughs> uh, no, this is good. No, I, just, I like that we started off with this. But yes, haggis is... It's definitely a Scottish dish. Um, I've heard so much about it. I've never had it. And, and it's, Oh, you have to have it. It's uh, so good. It's no. so delicious. It's good. Well, well, tell us your story. Tell us how you got to the West Coast and, you know, what led you to, to uh, Los Angeles. Okay, or absolutely. California, I how, guess. How much time do we have? <laughs> we have all the time in the world, sir. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, so basically, um, so I'm 28 years old now. And uh, back in the day, I used to run a digital marketing agency called Pretty Clicks, which is which is fun and ironic. Um, so I was running this business, and we were growing 400% in the last year, which was great. And I had a meeting with a, a, a potential client, and incidentally, it was actually an ex-girlfriend. 
So she's saying, I want to start this detox juice cleanse company and, um, you know, it's going to be a subscription model. And I'm like, all right, cool. So let's, let's talk about it. Let's see what we've got out there that we can possibly use because your budget isn't the biggest budget in the world. There was nothing out there. And that, I remember just the moment I had the idea, like to, to start Subly, basically. I mean, it took a couple of iterations and refinement in, in terms of the actual idea and concept, but uh, it was clear as day that this was what I was going to do. So, you know, in that meeting with my ex-girlfriend and oh, actually we caught up recently, which is funny because I put a post on LinkedIn saying, you know, like uh, this is, you know, this business I've been working on for three years now, and, you know, things are going well. And uh, and I kind of told like the story like and, and called her just a client. And she pinged me on Facebook and was like, so am I the client? Wow. <laughs> which, which was really funny. So, <laughs> Sam, thanks for the idea. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So um, flashing forward a little bit, I basically just plowed all the resources I had into starting Subly, uh, bootstrapped it. Um, and basically, uh, I, I locked myself away, coded and coded. And also my uh, ex-developer uh, I was working with at the time, he he helped write those initial lines of code as well. Couldn't have done it without him, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, it was a steep, steep, steep learning curve. And then six months later, we launched version one. It was an embarrassment, but it has to be. And we'll talk about that later, I guess. But uh, it was embarrassing. It worked, though. It did the job. And we got our first paying customer after we got picked up by... Uh, actually, a chap from Edinburgh submitted us to Product Hunt. And uh, we uh, we were on the I think number one or two on that day, which was great. So we got uh, initial validation and traction, and uh, you know it, it was awesome because we got our first paying customer. So anyway, another part of the story, which you know how I got to Los Angeles. Basically, um, I was uh, in Austin for South by Southwest with one of my uh, one of my good friends, and we're sitting talking, and he's like, you know. Let's uh, you know, talk about business. And I'm telling him about this idea. He was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. He was like, you need to get out of here, man. So him and I went and did a road trip together. Um, you know, I think it was September 2014. Yeah, it was. It was 2014. And we did a West Coast trip from San, San Francisco down to Hermosa through Santa Monica. And we were in Santa Monica. And uh, it was the night before I flew back because we went Hermosa then back to Santa Monica. And... Um, it was the night before I flew back to Scotland, and I'm sitting on the beach, and there's a concert on the uh, on the pier, and I'm like, I need to come here. Like, I just fell in love with the place, and I knew nothing about Los Angeles, nothing. I did not know how significant it was. There was, you know, it wasn't even on my radar. I just fell in love with the vibe of the, you know, Santa Monica alone. And then three months later, I'd got my business visa, and I was I was on a plane. And it's funny because one of my really good friends, Ryan, um, back in Scotland, he he was him and I used to go to the gym together, and I was telling him, and he was like. You know what's funny? He was like, I was like, Ryan, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to America. And he was like, you know what's funny? He was like, I actually believe you because <laughs> there's not all that many people who will just like get up and go and just go and do what they want, you know. So um, that gave me like a really good sense of like confidence when he when he said that to me. So um, that was that's how I got to Los Angeles. And then when I actually got here, I didn't, truth be told, I didn't have a plan. Like I, I just knew where I was wanting to go, where I was going with the business. And, um, you know, the world was my oyster. So I, I basically got my flight ticket, got my visa and I landed. I went straight to the hostel that I stayed in when I was here. And within two weeks, I ended up getting this amazing apartment for a really good rate, uh, seven blocks from the beach with this really cool Canadian guy that I met at the hostel. So everything just kind of fell into place. Um, you know, I obviously had a few reality checks after that, but, um, you know, it's been a really good journey and uh, I'm, I'm here now still. So, I mean, I go back for, you know, Christmas and 
holidays and stuff for to see the family um, in Scotland. But um, you know, I, I, it's 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 a brilliant place. So that's my story as to how I got to Los Angeles and, and how I started Subly. So. I hope that wasn't too long-winded. No, no, no. The longer, the better. So I, I want to unpack two things. So the first thing is we're both 28, and we both celebrated our birthday nice. recently. So Oh, really? When, yeah, when was yeah. your birthday? I think you're a few days older than me because mine's on October 30. So that just, oh, Dude, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. Scorpio's for the win. I guess. <laughs> I guess. And um, uh, the other thing is you, you touched on it there. Obviously, you, you had this, you know, this vision. You went to, to L.A., you started the company, but you and I know that entrepreneurship has several ups and downs. I'm curious to, to hear more about those downs and, and what happened when the reality check started to set in. Because you had, oh my goodness, nice apartment, nice place. But then you start to run a business. You start to realize yeah. that you're bootstrapping. What were yeah. some of those things that were going on oh, through your mind? Yeah. We're going deep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, one of the, I guess one of the reality checks was, um, you know, I was living off of, uh, I was basically bridging the two businesses. So I was kind of driving my last business into the ground with like, you know, trying to uh, live off that. But at the same time, I was starting this other business, Subly. And, you know, it was growing like, you know, month on month organically, which is awesome. That's, that's incredible to have uh, have something like that. So I was, you know, working away on that. And I just had this sense of delusion. And I always say this, right? Uh, uh, naivety is an entrepreneur's best friend like if we didn't have naivety we wouldn't bother doing it like you have to have some sense of delusion and I think that's where where like entrepreneurs are just a little bit crazy so (laughs) 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 there was this kind of sense of delusion and I I had no idea I mean like let's put it this way right in Scotland like in Edinburgh is probably the most expensive city maybe on a level with Aberdeen um, in terms of rent you know, you could probably get something for like a decent place for like a thousand dollars a month, right? Mm-hmm. So I was paying like that's that's factoring in the conversion rate, uh, and and you know I was paying a thousand dollars a month for this uh, apartment in Santa Monica, seven blocks from the beach, and I'm like, this is amazing. I didn't really think like you know about it per se. Like I just kind of was like, took it as it was, and I was like, this is great. Life is great. And uh, and I was managing things, but you know, money was running out, and I, again, I was kind of turning a blind eye. And uh, and then once I came back, and I'd already given up the the apartment opportunity, so I had to because I had to go back to Scotland to renew my visa and actually right. uh, get a better visa. It was like um, the one I had was more like a temporary visa, and the one I've got now is like a permanent one. And that's a whole other issue. If you're uh, an entrepreneur uh, and you're wanting to actually take on another country, visas are a, a headache, and you know, and that's something you have to be cautious of. Yeah, but you and I both were both foreigners, so we I definitely understand that. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. That's another stress, isn't it? But, um, so yeah, I mean, then I came back and I was like, crap, it's really expensive to live in this city. (laughs) (laughs) And then reality struck and I was like, and I still, still to this day, I, well, not to this day now, but like, I still for like a couple of months was definitely holding on to the, the the kind of delusion of it. Like, no, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And I, I, that's what kept me going, to be honest with you. Um, you know, and meanwhile, the business was growing and I eventually got to the point where I was paying myself uh, a full-time salary, which was great. So it was at that kind of like really delicate point where like there's a lot of, you know, like crossover points where touch and go, but things were kind of coming together at the same time. And I guess it's just kind of like that internal belief, like this is going to happen. It just has to happen. Um, and it's probably part of how I ended up making it through these points in time. Yeah. But I mean, there was there was another really low point actually in the middle of 2015 when I was in... Um, on the la- you know that first year, and uh, 
I just remember this is actually quite important and close to my heart, and I don't really talk about it that much, ironically. So one of my good friends, uh, one of my best friends that I made during that year, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. He actually committed suicide uh, last year, which is really tough to deal with. Oh my I mean, gosh! He was he was a genius. This guy was the most intelligent guy I've ever known. And um, so we're basically we're, we're sitting on a wall. I'm sitting on, well, yeah, we're sitting on a wall outside, uh, you know, this this co-working space that we're working from. And I'm saying to him, I'm like, I'm, dude, I'm so stressed about like customer support. I was doing everything at the time, and uh, and I'm like, you know, look at this, like these guys are like, just it's really difficult, and it's this the whole business is not as, you know, it's really difficult. I didn't I didn't think it was going to be this hard. Uh, you know, my last business was dealing with people, and ironically, I thought starting a software business was going to be <laughs> not having to deal with people in the same way, and I was so wrong. And there was all these little realizations I was having, but then I told him about an email I got from a customer, and basically he said, um, you know, like what you're doing is amazing, it's super cool, you're helping businesses exist and you know, like grow. And I was like, and I told him that, and he was like, that's the most simple reflection ever. He was like it seems like this is really important to you and you need to remember that. And I was like, shit, <laughs> you're right. This is really important. So, you know, I, I kind of, that was the, it was a bit of an aha moment or an epiphany where I was like, like I felt enlightened and like kind of like uh, really fired up and motivated. And like I've held on to that since that point where like my like my purpose, I guess you could say, like my goal here or my my why, as some people call it, is to help businesses exist and grow and like contribute back to the economy in a way, you know, and create jobs in a like a indirect manner. So anyway, that was like a really low point, and I kind of had to have that realization for me to continue going. You know, to be honest with you, though, I'm stubborn and tenacious as hell, so yeah. I probably would have made it through anyway. But just like that was <laughs> that was a really like poignant moment for me, you know. So it stuck in my head. So yeah, no, no, I'm sorry for your loss. It- <laughs> It is so interesting, no, because I've done this interview. I've done over three hundred at this point, and a lot of times it's, it's what you're saying. It's, it's really that tenacity, the the ability to have faith and understand that you have to really walk the talk and do whatever it takes to get there. That, that gets people through it because there's this romanticized version of entrepreneurship, right? You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes people like you, you and I, we move from different parts of the world to come to to America because you know it's America, a land of opportunity, yeah. um, and. Sure. What what happens is we we you know how you brush up the visa then I don't talk about the visa then unless I'm talking to someone else as well but that's okay. a nightmare of its own and then yeah. at the same time you have to deal with still setting and running the business but yeah. what I'm hearing is you had you 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 just wired that way in the mindset but do you feel like you live in in the West Coast and seen other people start up businesses and living in this Shark Tank generation that they forget the idea of uh, they forget the the actual benefit of bootstrapping and how you can actually do that with success. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of bravado and there's a lot of like shiny bright lights with the entrepreneurship world at the moment, and it's hot. It's cool to do it, you know. And I think people really there's two two things here. There's the bootstrapping element, which we're gonna dive into, and then there's this other part, which is the perception of effort versus success, which I wrote about recently. Um, but you know, let's hit on the bootstrapping for for just now. So you know, I think everybody gets caught up, and and every day. I'm talking to people, and, and just to be clear, I think I think I already mentioned it. Uh, Subly is bootstrapped 100% um, to this day. You know, three years running, and you know, every day I get you know people who are really intelligent, like great business guys, like saying to me, like, just raise some money, just raise some money, and it's like the devil on my shoulder, like, just raise some money, Stefan. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do it. And you know, it's like 
I get it. I understand it. The way I look at it, I've, I've spoken to both VCs. I've spoken to bootstrappers and I've also spoken to bootstrappers turned VCs and all, all in between. And, and I get mixed messages when you actually talk to the people who've been there and done it. Um, you know, it, it, everybody believes that, oh, you have to raise money and that's a sign of success. It's not a sign of success. Raising money doesn't mean anything. You know, um, I, ideas are cheap and execution's expensive and, you know, you can, you can, raise a bunch of money and you can spend a bunch of money and it doesn't actually mean that you've achieved anything really you could you could end up with nothing at the end of the day so you know i believe in like building a business that actually adds value and if you're able to charge your customers and and make money from your customers uh, and actually grow a business with that money then that's a really healthy business like a really healthy business i mean even if it's just a dollar and it costs 50 cents to run the business it's right. it's a profitable business and it's it's you know it's got something so and another thing as well is that people get caught up in, in this idea of like, you know, I, I want a hundred million dollar business. I want to be a billionaire. It's like, let's start with the baby steps first and then we'll move there because there's this other component that like, you know, um, you know, if you're going to sell equity for money, you're going to be giving up power, well, not power, like, you know, um, control of your business. So like, uh, you, you know, your decision making is going to have a lot, of, uh, you know, a lot of other people are going to have to you know run it through. It's going to slow you down. You're not going to be as agile and lean. Um, and another thing as well is you're going to own less of your own business. It's your baby. Um, and, and yeah, fine. There's, there's two different ways of looking at it. You could have, you know, 10% of a $10 million business, right? But you could also have a hundred percent of a $1 million business. It's the same thing at the end of the day when you sell it. And one comes with a lot more headaches and a lot more stress. They both have their different challenges. They both have their different headaches. You know, bootstrapping is really, really difficult. But at the same time, for me, I'm a proud person. And I think that there's a lot of uh, perks to it, you know. And another thing as well is like, you know, raising money is a full-time job. And you're going to have to really commit to doing that. And bootstrapping, you're just getting on with it. You just got to do what you can do with what you've got. And and I've always said this as well. You can always do more with less, always. And, 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 you know, I have to remind myself of that every single day, like, okay, we're working on this thing. And then I'm like, wait, 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 are we bloating here? Is there, we're doing things that are unnecessary, not going to move the needle. Cause you need to think everything that you're doing has to move the needle. If you're not moving the needle, you're wasting your time. So, you know, if you're working on a new project and you, you know, in terms of software, a new feature or, uh, you know, uh, it, you need to think, put it through the filter. Is this actually going to move the needle and, uh, or am I wasting time or is this, other you know other thing you know necessary or is it waste you know and if it's wastage then cut it get rid of it and just iterate and get feedback and, and te- you know the lean principle is test your assumptions with it you know and it's doing again it's doing more with less so even if that's for example i've got you know i want to test this new product you know there, there's really big businesses out there that do this all the time i see it and, and i love when i see this they'll have like a landing page like where this this new feature is coming out if you're interested click this button or you know, and uh, enter your email. All they're doing is gauging interest. They might not have even touched the first line of code yet. They just want to know if there's actually interest for the product. That's a form of validation. Once they get that validation, they can move on to actually developing it, programming it, and then doing version one, which is probably going to be embarrassing. As I mentioned, when I first built, you know, the first version of Subly and launched it, it was embarrassing. I look back and I laugh. In fact, every day I laugh. I'm like, are we still doing this? Because it's still not <laughs> as perfect as I want it to be. And and that's great. Like, it, it, it almost adds like a sense of like, um, gratitude you know you're like thankful that you're able to actually help people and when you don't even think that you're you've got the perfect product yet which is really cool it just means that you've got more in the tank left you know so yeah bootstrapping man (laughs) Uh, no it's it's funny uh, because you know i I mean i have friends that 
our bootstrapping friends, there are VC and, you know, there are, they always talk about the pros and cons, but what we don't hear much about is the bootstrapping success stories is because a lot of times it's, it's fun to say, and this, I love Shark Tank. It's one of my favorite shows, but it's fun to say I went to Shark Tank and, you know, Mark Cuban backed me and now I'm da 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 da. But of course, bootstrapping, yeah. you're really talking about doing more with less and you're going about the lean strategies, the idea of testing, the idea that it doesn't have, it doesn't need, you don't need as much money as you often think you do. You just need to That's focus right. on what it is that you're trying to do with the audience you have and then continue, continuously test. And then, you know, I guess the same principle is like over delivering for them and making sure that you're cultivating this relationship. Uh, you can actually have an ecosystem that bootstrapping does generate a lot of cash flows for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, constant iteration and then you're going to be learning from your customers. And you're, as you said, building those relationships is super important. You know, feedback is number one. You're building it for them, not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this really great talk recently, uh, on online. One of my friends, Jesse, I, mm-hmm. I work with him and he, he sent me this link and I eventually got around to watching it and it was a game changer for me. And basically this woman, you know, I'll have to send you the link after, but it was so good. And basically the idea was, all these businesses are out there. They're all competing and trying to show off how awesome they are. I'm awesome at this. Look how awesome I am. Look how awesome I'm doing this feature. Look how awesome our features are, you know, versus them. And it, it's not about that. It's about making your customer look awesome at doing what they do. What, yeah. what is it that they want to be awesome at, you know? Yeah. And this shift in perspective was so important. And I think bootstrapping actually forces you to really think like that. Yeah. You know, you, you've got to like really honor your customer's desires Instead of being like, oh, we've got a bunch of money and having this kind of like ego that just like allows you just to do whatever the hell you want. Absolutely. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a place for, um, uh, for raising money. Obviously, like otherwise it wouldn't happen. You know, if you're looking to get past a certain point and you know that you've got a business that's fully validated and it's ready to scale, then yeah, by all means, raise the money that's going to help you do it. But don't do it when you're desperate. You know, do it when you, when it's going to help you get from, you know, stage one, stage two with your healthy business model that you already have Absolutely. or, if you have a business that is not going to be cash generating at first and it's your, your people are your product, you know, for like, you know, for example, like a social network, like a social product where you can't charge people, but it's a numbers game. You need to have three, you know, hundred million users before you can start charging for advertising. That's a, that's an upfront cost. It's going to take you three, three years, four years before you can start to actually make some revenue. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You have that. So you're going to have to raise money yeah. or you're going to have to be bloody good at developing and have and selling to people on on hopes and dreams so but everybody's a bit tainted on that one now you can't you know offering equity for you know being a part of something everybody's heard it now that's like a record on repeat and it's old so you know people just want money these days which makes it a little more difficult but um you know we've all been on the other side of that so but yeah like honestly like there's a there's a argument for both uh, absolutely 100 percent not deny that vc money is like is relevant uh for certain situations but for me as a stubborn tenacious scotsman like bootstrapping for just now man <laughs> no i love it i love it i love that you're shining light on it uh I, before we go into the perception of effort versus success i wanted to stay on this here i imagine you've built a lot of your success by running amazing remote teams i think that that's a that's another thing that a lot of people bootstrap and don't realize that they can do. You know, they're like, hey, yeah. you don't have to have a physical team. You can actually cut costs and blah, 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 blah. But remote team can, you know, instead of having the office, <laughs> right, and, yeah. uh, and all those other physical things that you normally would do. So can you talk about how to set up and run a remote team? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, what's funny. Like, I went through the whole having a team in the office. And I'll tell you this. It's all, that's all ego-driven. Like, if you're if you've got people you know bums on the seats as I say, <laughs> if, you've got bum, <laughs> if you've got bums on seats and they're um you know in an office with you, it's unless your product is actually that like for example a service based business like a, a digital marketing agency where you want people in the door to see that they've got people real people working on what the, what you're selling them, then that works. But a big component that you need to question yourself, and this is always like. Yeah, it's accountability. Like, question your the the reasons that you're doing things. Um, you know, in one of those questions that I asked myself was, is having people inside an office for my ego, or is this for the benefit of the business and the customers? And there's an argument for both in this as well. I mean, I get it. Like, it's really great to be able to collaborate with people in real life, but it it it's not impossible to do it when we've got you know all these technologies now like you and I are collaborating right now we're not right face to face you know and and it's totally doable and and the whole the, the the um you know the remote team thing is quite new to me but I'll tell you this like I believe like it works is and and especially when you're a bootstrap business when cash flow is tight it can be far more affordable because you've not got those those crazy overheads like of office space or like if you're in a, a an expensive you know, a country like, uh, you know, America where, you know, salaries are really, really expensive. Uh, you know, you, you can find really great talent elsewhere in the world. I'll just say that. And, um, yeah, there's, it comes with some drawbacks, like time zones are quite difficult to work with. Um, you know, but I'm a night owl. It's doable. Uh, and if you want it bad enough, you'll make it happen. So, Absolutely. you know, having a remote team is really great. And also another perk actually, which, which came kind of like out the side through, through doing some like internal studies, um, Basically, uh, because we're a remote team, we have a global awareness as a company. So, like, we have, uh, you know, a knowledge in Europe. We have knowledge in America. We have knowledge in Asia. And you lose that. If you're, if you're a global-focused business and you've got a head office in one location, you're going to be blindsided by that because everybody's thinking in their own cultural terms. So, 
with remote teams, it brings a different flavor as well, which is really great because it allows you to challenge your own perceptions of what's the right way to do things, especially for a business like us, you know, as a platform for other businesses across the world. So, you know, there was that component as well, which I thought was a really cool kind of perk of having a remote team. Absolutely. No, thanks for sharing that. And you're right. I mean, it, it is, it does talk, it, you know, you talk about the ego there and there's pros and cons for all that. And I don't think you're telling people that they must have a remote team where you're simply presenting no. an option to them. And you, you're right. You know, it, it does there. If you can conduct your interviews the way we're doing right now and say, Hey, we know what you have to do. You have to do, just send this to me by this time. Um, you know, the, think about all the money that you're saving from doing that. I, I, I think totally. even if I mean, that said, like, we're totally going to be having a beer in New York in no time. Of course, of course. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that, that's, that's a given. That's a given. So, so <laughs> I, I just want, you know, the audience to think about since a lot of them come from different parts of the world that you can actually run a business and I don't want a barrier to success for them to be like, you have to have a physical office there. You definitely can if you want to, but also know that you can run a remote business. But, um, yeah. let's. Let's talk about this thing that you have, this ideas versus execution. Um, um, sorry, the effort versus success, rather. That's, uh, That's the, yeah, the article that you talked about. I'm very curious. Yeah, absolutely. So um, every now and again, I get little moments of inspiration. Um, you know, I get the fire in the belly, as I say, and I get all <laughs> fired up. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and it hits at random times, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, this, this, I've started blogging again recently uh, on my blog, which is just on stephanpretty.com if anybody actually cares. <laughs> and they do <laughs> okay I, I hope so um so this uh i wrote this article um the perception of effort versus success and basically um there's a complete misconception i mean again it's kind of going back to that naivety is an entrepreneur's best friend but then there's also like uh, an unhealthy way of of actually looking at things now there's so much per- you know there's so much like as i said like there's shiny lights, you know, with entrepreneurship. It's super cool. It's hot right now. And everybody wants to be the next uh, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. And that's great. Like, bring it on. Like, let's do it, people. There's so much opportunity out there. But there's also the reality check that needs to be taken place because it's like everybody thinks, oh, you know, you know, I've got a website now. Where's the money? Like, it doesn't work like that. Sorry, guys, but it doesn't. You know, you're going to have to put some serious work in. Like you've got to want this, and you know, was Eric is it Eric Thomas, and he says like, until you want it more than you you, you want to breathe or something yeah. like that, then you'll be successful. Like a great line. You've got to want it more than you breathe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something exactly. like that. Something like right that. Now. Like I'm trying not to shout. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're doing it for the both of us, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, though, like it's true, though. Like there's so many people who are so soft, soft. Like stop being soft, people. Like you got to just put the time in. Put the effort in. You're going to have to go through some hardship. And and I tell you what, it's going to toughen you up anyway. You're going to come out as a better person. Yeah. And try, try not to let it make you cynical. If, if you fail, you're, you should just learn from it. Get up and do it again. Yeah. And just keep doing it. Because nobody else cares, to be honest with you. Like, you are, you know, only accountable for yourself. And if you if you do fall down and get, a, you know, a little cut, you're going to have to, you know, no... no you, you can moan to other people as much as you want, but you're going to have to just deal with it yourself because only you can change that. Only you can remedy that or repair or, or you know, get up and do it again and learn from it. So there's, you just need to work damn hard and be prepared to work damn hard because I tell you this, like it's not going to be easy and you need to be prepared for that because most people are like bombarded every day on Facebook and all these other like success and motivation gurus and all these guys are like, 
yeah, if you do this and you're going to make millions, it's like, nope, they're making millions off you. Now you have to realize that they're, they're <laughs> sitting there selling you hopes and dreams and you're buying it now. Copy what they're doing. Um, well don't sell hopes and dreams, but like copy what they're doing in terms of their model. They're being proactive. They're actually doing work, you know, copy yeah. that. Like they're, they're getting on with it while you're sitting consuming their content. They're doing the work, you know? So just bear that in mind. Like, just don't get tripped up by it because you will be more likely to get hurt when you do fall or if you do fall. I mean, not everybody's going to fall over and failure looks very different uh, to different people. You know, like a failure could look like, a, look like um, you know, oh, we didn't, uh, we did this campaign and it didn't get, you know, enough customers. That could be like a micro failure. But then you've got other failures which are like much bigger where, you know, like my business, like we're, we're run out of money, we're, we're done now. Like that's, a, that's considered a bigger failure. But in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't have to kill you. It doesn't have to like destroy your 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 dreams and your vision. You're gonna have to be tenacious and resilient. Get back up. Keep yeah. going. Learn from it. Um, but yeah, just be prepared. I think that's the key word here. Be prepared and continue yeah. to be um, determined. That that's amazing. No, I love it. And now now we are. Uh, before I go to the more uh, personal questions, I want I want you to give you a chance to talk about Subly and what Subly is about and what okay. people can join that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, Subly basically is a platform uh, to run and start. Start. You can help. You can use it to start, but also just run an existing subscription box business. So, like, you know, this is quite popular and it's still growing in popularity, which is awesome. Like, there's, you know, BarkBox that do like dog treats on a subscription. You got Dollar Shave Club and they do uh, razor blades. You know, on a subscription, it get delivered to your door every month. Um, you know. Subscription is awesome. It's complicated and it's fiddly, and that's where Subly comes in because basically we make it super easy. You just sign up. You can like choose your theme. Uh, you connect your billing, and then we you've got a website good to go, which can you know you can start to get you know mark you can market it and you know get your subscribers and your customers on board. And um, yeah, so it's it's kind of like a I guess you could call it a website builder, but it's more of like an e-commerce platform. Um, and you know we're working on some really really cool stuff that's like I'm I'm super stoked about. It. I don't want to give it away just now, but right. let's just say I'm feeling really late nights at the moment, and I'm I'm but I'm I'm smiling right now. You can probably hear it in my voice, but <laughs> I'm I'm excited because uh, I can't wait to show the world. So yeah, sub subly's uh, it's great if you're wanting to start a business or add subscription uh, a subscription model to an existing business, uh, and you know you can end up boosting your customer lifetime value if you do have an existing business. Um, you know, or just, you know, if, if you wanted to start like a side hustle, uh, to try out doing a subscription box, it's great for that. Um, and, and everything from, you know, we've got customers with thousands of subscribers, thousands of subscribers as well. So it can, you know, be a place to start because it's affordable. It's only $29 a month for the, the lower plan. Yeah. Um, you know, to get started with a business in no time. And then also it can support these businesses that are doing significant revenue um, and take them all the way to there. So it was really cool to be a part of that process with all these uh, different types of really interesting businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in, it's basically what he said. Subly, you know, with Subly, they empower businesses and individuals to set up and start subscription e-commerce businesses very easily with an all-in-one solution. And they handle the billing, the website storefront, and all the orders. And if you're someone that freaks out about technical things, they also <laughs> handle that uh, from start to finish and they run your subscription box business. So definitely check it out. It's definitely with each day, there's always some subscription business coming there. And this is an easy way for you to get in on that. So uh, subly.com, subly.co rather, subly.co. Yeah. We'll put that in the show notes and we'll make sure that um, we get that going. But 
Awesome. And uh, yeah, honestly, I kind of want to start talking about the other stuff again. But just before we do, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's just to mention that we do have this 14 day free trial, which is worth taking advantage of. And we do, I'm, I'm bragging now. I'm actually going to brag. Yes, um, do it. <laughs> we, uh, we have kick ass customer support and we have this really great Facebook group with all these other entrepreneurs on there sharing their knowledge. And I also run uh, live uh, AMAs. Um, ask me anything's uh, Q and A's, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I, you know, I, I'm really getting into those at the moment. So they seem to be really helpful. Somebody said the other day it was, uh, uh, they were like, yeah, after the last AMA, we got six new subscribers in one day from listening to your advice. I was like, that is cool. And it just got me really fired up. So, um, yeah, check it out, guys. Um, it's great. I'd love your feedback as well. And no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. No, those are more the best, aren't else. they, though? Those are the best when you get to hear from the people on, it's, oh, yeah, yeah. That just like that's what keeps keeps me going, you know. Like the, that kind of like is warm fuzzies, warm yeah. fuzzies, man. <laughs> warm fuzzies. No, I love it. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about this. this. Is we're gonna we're getting ready to wrap up here, but both of us also, are twenty eight, right? Um, sorry, I almost forgot. There's a guide that's really useful if anybody is interested as well. I'll send you the link, and you can probably put it up as well. But sure. we do. This, um, it's like a really comprehensive like step-by-step guide on how to start a subscription box business if you are interested it, it, it's really helpful and again if it's not tell us like tell me like i want to know like i want to help as much as possible yeah no no please send that too send that too we'll put that in the show notes um okay yeah, cool and then we'll de- definitely do that um oh yeah what was i saying i was oh i was saying we're both 28 and a lot of times uh, people ask us about relationships how do you balance relationship as a millennial running a business my the last time i had a girlfriend it was 2011 i know that's gonna freak my mom out but <laughs> that was my last but but um and my 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 younger brother just got married but i i'm just curious on your point of view and your perspective how do you feel about balancing relationships with with the business especially as a 20 something year old uh, in today's world hard man it's really hard to do that like honestly <laughs> like uh, having recently come out of a relationship, relationships are really tough. Like in, alone, like if you if you're not even running a business, relationships can be tough in today's day and age. You know where things are so challenging and there's so many options and everybody's bombarded on social media and social media. It's just all really like difficult. Like relationships in general, and 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 I feel like adding that in with a business is like you're just like. Asking for trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Balancing is super difficult. I mean, friendships are, you know, friendships are are difficult sometimes as well. So, like, you know, family relationships, I'm lucky. My family's great. Uh, You know, they're super patient with me. They they just let me get on with it. Um, You know, I FaceTime with my mom every week, and we have a great laugh, which is fun. Um, uh, I love her dearly. Oh, God, I miss her even talking about her now, but it's it's, it's great, though, because I love having that kind of, like, dynamic where we can just jump on FaceTime and have, a, you know, a joke around. But um, but that's easy because, it's you know, there's a distance element there. Um, but in terms of my friendships and stuff, like, it's hard to maintain those alone as well when you're running a business because, like, you, you become flaky when you're running a business because you're like, no, I'm going to grind. This weekend, I'm going to grind. Right. Um, and you and you feel kind of, you feel kind of bad because you're letting people down. But do you know what? At the same time, like, you really need to do what's right for you. And if you're believing in something and doing something uh, beyond yourself, then then do it. Don't like people, the people who care about you are going to understand. They're going to actually respect it and be like, okay, man, like, or, you know, you, you should do that. Like, I, you know, kudos or respect. So yeah. And then in terms of like romantic relationships, like it's possible, but just be prepared that you are going to be sacrificing, uh, you know, time, like, uh, you know, th- through daily communications or, uh, you know, doing things on the weekends because you're going to have to like give up like some time from your business to actually 
you know, look after and nurture the relationship. Otherwise, the relationship is not going to work. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way it goes. It's tough, man. Like, honestly, the amount of times I've spoken to entrepreneurs and they're, they're like, nah, can't, you, you know, no time for relationships. Like, it just it doesn't work. Um, and it's quite like a black and white point of view on it, but I get it. Like, I understand it. I mean, I'm a romantic at heart. I'll be you, honest with you. You and me both. You, you know what? Tough, man. You know what, though? You know what? I do. I I hear that sometimes it's black and white, but I choose not to believe it because I, I've seen, you know, we've also got very busy people like, let's say, Bill Gates, for example. He's been with his wife for the longest time or um, uh, what's it, Zuckerberg or all these type of people. But what I, I wonder will say, what it's actually like, though, man. Like, you uh, know what I mean? Like, I actually wonder what's, what is what is it like behind closed doors with them? Like, I do. I do. But you know what I'm thinking, though? I think everybody's the thing with I always say for me, if I'm going to get into a relationship. I want the person to be able to challenge me as much as I challenge the person to have compassion to want to, you know, care about the world the way I care about the world, which is to try and make an impact. And oh, hundred percent. Like, yeah, I feel like if there's but that finding that person is the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, right. So I feel like if there's that understanding, because for me, in my experience, has been a lot of times people will say, "I'm a bit intimidated by your ambition," or "I don't know that you <laughs> you'll have that." And and I I get it, I understand it. So I feel like if you find that type of person, that sort of doesn't have to be in your field, but understands that those yeah, moments you have together are special mm-hmm. and those things can actually be sustainable. Um, then, then you have a moment. But to your point, it is very rare. <laughs> yeah, it's rare. It's, it's finding the right person. Like at the same time, it's like, uh, you know, it's so easy to say, like, it's like, it's like kind of like the ideas versus execution thing with business. Like, uh, I, you know, if you're like, oh, I've got this great business idea, I'm like, okay, stop talking to me about it. Go do it. You know, like, it's the same thing. Like, so, you know, people can be like, "Oh, yeah, I'm I'm a super supportive person, and I I want to support you." Okay, well, show me. Like, you know, there's so much talk out there. Uh, talk is cheap. You know, it's finding people who actually act on things and actually show you things. That's what. That's becoming really true to my heart. Like right now, it's like actions speak louder than words. It's always been the case. It's just being you know reminded of it through life, like again and again. And it's like you need you need to find the people who are actually going to do that and and not just say it. So. Yeah, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. The, the black and white comment was more to do with like that's other people's perspectives are very black and white. Yeah. I'm a romantic at heart, as I said, man. Like, I, it's just the way I am. Like, I, <laughs> it's, it kind of sucks actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> I almost almost wish I had a switch in my head, just like off. Yeah, no, uh, no feelings off. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I've had I've had many many romantic stories that gestures that have turned out to be like, what were you doing? <laughs> what, 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 what was that? But I, you know, it doesn't. I, I can't. Do, <laughs> I, yeah, no, I can't do the off like you. I, like you were saying, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm like, nah, it's gonna happen. Uh, but no, nah, thank you so much for sharing. I, I wanted to. I wanted to at least touch on that. Uh, but course, before yeah, we wrap, question, actually. sure, go ahead. What? I was just saying. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Oh. It's a really good question. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But before we wrap up, where can people find you, and how can they go to that 14 day free trial again? Well, Los Angeles and sometimes in Scotland. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, they can find you there. Uh, and on uh, social media, it's on, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, on, on, yeah, exactly. On on Twitter, my uh, my handle is just Stefan Pretty. Uh, all my, my first, my, full, my sorry, my full name. Um, same on Instagram as well. Uh, and then uh, the website is subly.co, S-U-B-B-L-Y.co. Um, our support is uh, you know always ready to answer your questions, and so am I. And um, yeah, if you just ping me on Twitter, I'm I'm there. All right, awesome. And the last question is this: I the mission statement of what I do um, is use your difference to make a difference. It's my foundation. It's why I you know speak, podcast, or consult. So I'm curious: how do you, Stefan, use your difference to make a difference? 
That's a really good question. Uh, my difference to make a difference is helping other people with my experiences in life. And I didn't realize this until recently. Like my experiences are valuable. My experiences can help somebody else uh, to grow as well. And that applies in business and in life and in relationships. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's the answer to that question. My yeah. difference is like my experiences are actually of worth to somebody else. When And that, that might be applicable to a lot of people. They don't realize it. You know, like the things that you, they've been through or the knowledge that they've accumulated over time can actually benefit somebody else. You know, and they might not realize it because they're not uh, valuing themselves enough. Mm. So that, that, that's 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 what I've come to realize recently. That my knowledge is of value to somebody else, even though I haven't really. It's so incremental over ten years. You accumulate all this knowledge, and then you're like, "Yeah, I, I'm not. You know, I'm not the best. I, I don't know everything." And none of us are at the end of the day. But you know what? Ten years of accumulated knowledge. I'm just realizing it now. It can actually benefit somebody with one year of knowledge. You know, like that's or true. none. So that's, that's what I'm realizing. Nah, yeah, using your experiences to to be a difference maker. Love it. Well, exactly. we'll definitely put this up in the show notes. Uh, this is I feel like I was talking like to my brother from uh, from another mother. So uh, <laughs> seriously, nah, dude, this is fun. Gonna get that beer, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. So um, yeah, let's definitely let's definitely meet up whenever we're in the same city and uh, talk about exactly. ways to change the world. But uh, thank you for spending yeah. so much time with uh, with us and blessing us with your knowledge. No worries at all, Ty, and thanks so much for having me, man. I really had a good time. It was good. Pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 